to this month's CSF podcast, as always aiming to keep you up to date with the latest information and data in the world of rheumatology, and what a wonderful world that is. So in today's podcast, I'll be reviewing two papers that investigate the adverse events of different JAK inhibitors. Our first paper comes from Christina charles Showman and her colleagues and investigates the relationship between peroxenase 1 genotype and activity in RA patients treated with tofacitinib. And they also investigated the risk of major adverse cardiovascular events, MACE, um, or malignancies in this study. And then in the second paper, um, Peter Taylor and colleagues reviewed the results of various paracitinib studies with a focus on long-term data from clinical trials and real-world evidence, nice juxtaposition of data for us to look at. And, and as always, to access the detailed summary slides of the papers discussed today, please go along to cytokinesignaling.com. A veritable treasure trove of valuable information, resource, slides, summaries, and all that you could hope for. Okay, first paper, relationship between paroxinase 1 genotype and activity and major cardiovascular events, uh, malignancies in people with rheumatoid arthritis receiving tofacitinib. Now, what's paroxinase 1, PON1? Well, it's an HDL cholesterol-associated enzyme synthesized mainly in the liver and, and then released into the blood. It is associated predominantly with HDLC. Uh, the antioxidant anti-inflammatory properties of HDLC are promoted while LDLC oxidation is inhibited. In other words, if peroxinase 1 is there, you tend to have an anti-inflammatory property on your upper lipoproteins. The PON1 gene, in turn, has several polymorphisms, with the most notable being PON1Q192R. The RR genotype of PON1 is associated with increased peroxinase activity and because you've got more antioxidant, lower cardiovascular risk. Meta-analysis have shown an association with reduced malignancy risk in the general population. And previous studies have shown that tofacitinib increases PON1 activity levels, but the understanding of PON1 physiologic substrates and clinical significance is still lacking. So this study set out to investigate the relationship between PON1 genotypes and activity with the risk of MACE and malignancies in TOFA-treated patients with rheumatoid. It's a post-hoc analysis pool data from three phase two and six phase three randomized clinical trials, including two long-term extension studies. RA patients uh, selected from these studies were white European, received more than or equal to one dose of tofacitinib 5 or 10 milligrams BID, and had more than or equal to one PON1 enzyme activity measurement at study baseline. Uh, PON1 activities were measured for peroxenase, lactinase, and RL esterase activity. And the effect of genotype uh, was assessed using linear regression for each study with fixed effects meta-analysis across studies. Um, the RR genotype had a significant positive association with baseline peroxenase activity, no surprise there, and a significant negative association with baseline lactinase and RL esterase activity versus the QQ genotype. So that's good. That kind of means the population was valuable. Increased peroxenase activity was associated with decreased risk for MACE and malignancy, excluding non-melanoma skin cancer. Increased lactinase and aryl esterase activity over time were, however, not significantly associated with malignancies or NMSC in the 10 models tested. Univariate and adjusted multivariate analysis showed that the RR genotype had a lower MACE and malignancy risk compared to the QQ genotype, but the difference was not significant. So 
What do we conclude? Well, higher peroxidase activity over time was associated with significantly reduced risk of NACE and malignancies in tofacitinib-treated patients with moderate to severe RA. Um, further investigation of PON1 as a novel functional lipid biomarker to assess MACE and malignancy risk may be warranted, although more work required. Um, we also need to look at other ethnic groups. And finally, I think we do need to understand far better whether there's a drug interaction or how do these genotypes actually impact on drug-related risks. So more work to be done in the future, but very interesting. And second paper, a JAK inhibitor for treatment of RA, the baricitinib experience. Um, background here, well, I think everyone by now is aware that ULAR guidelines recommend a biologic DMARD or JAK inhibitor uh, in the sequential management of people with rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, baricitinib is a JAK inhibitor. It's approved for RA treatment on an almost global basis, either as monotherapy or in combination with methotrexate. And this particular review sought to summarize and discuss the results of long-term baricitinib extension studies from randomized clinical trials in the bit I like, real-world evidence. So uh, what were the key results? Well, the review included data from uh, RA Beyond, RA Beam, RA Build, RA Begin, and RA Beacon. I'm sure you've got them all memorized. And all trials showed that baricitinib had superior efficacy and improved outcomes compared to placebo. We knew that already. And RA Begin showed that baricitinib and methotrexate combination was superior to methotrexate monotherapy. Um, Baricitinib maintained efficacy and normative physical function for up to almost seven years, and the populations that improvement could be seen in included conventional synthetic DMARD IR, methotrexate IR, and biologic DMARD IR populations. Um, we also saw reduced radiographic progression, and uh, no radiographic progression over five years uh, is pretty remarkable in baricitinib treatment. And patients in real-world evidence populations that were treated with baricitinib were generally older, had longer disease duration and more prior treatments. Uh, the rate of drug survival was higher with baricitinib treatment versus TNF inhibitors in five real-world studies uh, on overall or bio-naive populations. Um, these uh, studies that were discussed included ARTIS, SEQMRA, VanBio, RABReal, and Bio1. Um, a greater proportion of patients treated with baricitinib achieved DAS28 CRP, DAS28 ESR, and CDI remission in real-world studies uh, than in randomized controlled trials. And the incidence rates of serious infection, uh, venous thromboembolism, MACE, and malignancy were comparable between real-world uh, evidence and randomized controlled trials. Uh, there was no difference in the risk of developing MACE or VTEs in patients treated with baricitinib versus TNF inhibitor. So concluding here, well, baricitinib is clearly an established effective long-term treatment for uh, people with immune disease, particularly rheumatoid arthritis. RCT data uh, show continued efficacy up to seven years uh, and, and remission rates that were measured were generally greater in real world than in RCTs. I think that may reflect the fact that if you've got someone in remission in the real world, you tend to stick with therapy. And the risk of herpes zoster infections was lower in the real world evidence base than in RCTs and improved disease activity and physical function of patients observed in clinical trials seems to have translated pretty well across into clinical practice. Well, um, I hope this was interesting. If you want to look at the publications uploaded this month and access all of the other podcasts and resources, do go across to cytokinesignaling.com. As always, thank you so much for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, 
Spotify, indeed anywhere that you get your podcast media from. My kids are amazed that I even know such places exist. And do make sure to let us know what you think by leaving a review. 